500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone. For those of you who came in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 87, which is the 2017 Year in Review. My name is Steve, and I'm joined today by... We'll go with Dan first. How are you going, Dan? Fantastic, Steve. Uh, it's good to good to be back, good to be podcasting Phantom stuff again in... Well, what is 2018, but looking back at a bumper 2017, I'm pretty excited about tonight. Yeah, so am I. And Jermaine, how are you going over there? Oh, not bad, mate. I'm surprised to hear from you. I would have thought that uh, along with the rest of Victoria, you were in mourning that you were officially the worst cricketing pitch uh, in Australia. The first time an Australian pitch has been deemed as a dung heap, a crap. So I'm surprised that along with the rest of Victoria, you're not in mourning, mate. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be the sporting capital of the world. Well, you can't even get a t- test pitch correct. <laughs> If I remember rightly, Jim, the last time a test match was played in um, Perth, they decided to never use that ground again. Oh, it's <laughs> uh, it's not, that's not actually correct. It's uh, only the only the big ones are, go, are going to be uh, moved to the new stadium, and all okay. the all the lower ones, the ones that basically aren't going to offer too many people, will go to the wacker. <laughs> But um, but yeah, uh, I just had to I had to get that one in for Steve. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. There was a a rubbish pitch, but um, yeah, hopefully the the one up in Sydney will be a lot better, and we get a result on that one. Oh, that we actually get some play. It's been raining over, it's been raining for the last couple of years. What up in Sydney? Yeah, the last I think this last two have all been washouts. All oh, right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Enough about cricket at the moment. We know the Aussies have the Ashes, so uh, if you're barring for England, too bad. Um, <laughs> so as um, as we said, and uh, and yeah. just a, a quick hello to Joe. Hope yeah, things are going Joe. well over there in the UK. Um, <laughs> and and in in all sincerity, um, people may or may not know, Joe just got married uh, just before Christmas. So happy nuptials to you, Joe. Uh, I think you're still on your honeymoon. Um, as we record, I hope the holiday's going well and, and all the best to you and your new wife, Rachel, as you set out on this fantastic journey that we call marriage. Good luck. <laughs> mm. My wife Does that mean he gets it... to stay over there now? What's that? I think yeah, he has to stay over there now. <laughs> My wife can't believe that he still messages us when he's on his honeymoon. But, you know, doesn't he have yeah. other thing to do? <laughs> he, was, he was actually more prolific in the days yeah. around his wedding. <laughs> well, you just need to keep calm. We all, we've all been there. You just yeah. need something to uh, keep you occupied before the big day. Back to normality. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw he was in uh, in Paris. I wonder if he managed to pick up any uh, any uh, French Phantom comics or anything over there. <laughs> that would have been his focus, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it would have. Well, he found a skull cap, honeymoon. <laughs> anyway, 
let's look at uh, the year 2017, the year in review, and what a big year it's been. Um, now, I've done a little bit of a tunnel of the tape here, and hopefully it's it's all good. If it's wrong, someone please let me know. I'm sure you will, uh, if these guys haven't done, it, done so already. So... <laughs> The tail of the tape for 2017, we've got through regular issues. I've counted 20, uh, 27, which is from issue 1773 through to 1800, which was the Christmas special. Um, there was also two uh, Kid Phantom issues, um, three issues of Phantom Phantom's World, and three issues of Giant Size Phantom. Yep, and, and those last three <laughs> titles are all brand new titles in 2017. So that's that's eight comics we probably didn't expect or know about um in january yeah. so that's pretty exciting in itself yeah that's right um dan so um yeah there, there a, a nice little surprise there with with those um new issues um but fru hasn't been the only guys um publishing phantom we've got a comic from hermes um the jf the first issue of the jfk uh story um of course hermes have also uh published their two I, did they only do two this year this past year i thought it wasn't all four? Or the Avon reprints? Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, no, I think number one came out late last year. It might have been might have been three, could have been two. I don't know, just the, doing the story this week about the Avon reprints, it was hard to tell exactly when number two had come out. Right, um, right. You, you could give them three of those novels this year, perhaps. So two, maybe three Avon uh, novels there for the Hermes. Um, did they have a, a, a daily and Sunday collection? We've got saying here that yeah, they do, but I don't have def- it, so... Def- definitely at least one or two of those. Yep. Um, I don't buy those because I um, don't... don't. Uh, I'm not made of money, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I see the emails as they come out. Yep. Um, what else we've got? We've got Egmont, uh, Phantom Ed 13 and Phantom Men 19. Um, of course, that's with the different countries. Uh, Dynamite, technically zero... But there were three Flash Gordon King's Cross issues published, which features which featured the Phantom. Um, I must admit they got they got past me. I didn't know that they'd come out until um, you just mentioned tonight. So um, that might ones? be something I have to go back and have a look at. The King's Cross ones, or the Flash, the, like it's a five-part series, but three of them came out in 2017. Yeah. And they all had the Phantom in them. Oh yeah. Huh. Um. Kizil Mask, I'm guessing that's Turkish. Uh, seven yes. of them. Um, Comics Review 6 and Lightning Strikes from Ireland, um, the one which we're, we're still waiting on. We're, we're, we're waiting patiently for them to get across wherever ocean they've got to get across to, to get here. Um, <laughs> trade paperbacks, we've got Fru has entered the trade paperback um uh, whatever you want to call it, realm, I suppose. Hermes would have thought that the daily and Sunday volumes would, would go in there. Um, any yeah, they had... did two dailies and one Sunday, Herms, this yeah, year, okay. which is probably down uh, from the last couple of years. So Herms has been down probably for the la- uh, compared to the last couple of years, which is interesting. Hmm. Right. Did they... Um, their first... Um collection of comics, the, the, the Sal Bluto ones. Did that get released this year or was that a last year one? For their trade? No, that was last year. Okay, so we won't worry about that. Um, you could probably technically put the um, the King's Cross trade paper back in there too, but um, let's not worry about it right now. Um, now, 
this is where I, I could be off because I started getting interrupted and so my maths might have been off by one. But what I've uh, calculated of the through regular issues. Um, first time published by through regardless of age. So we know that um, some have been back from the 70s maybe or, or, or whatever. Um, and this is in the, the regular issues, not talking about giant size or anything like that. Um, we've got 20 new issues. Okay, and I'm not talking stories here. I'm talking about issues with with new stories that we haven't read oh, yeah. before. Oh okay. Yep. So twenty there. Um, collectors replicas. We have four Phantoms World one before becoming their own set. Um, Daily and Sundays, not including specials. I counted three. Um, or three issues. I think if we really look to it, there's probably about half a dozen stories there. Um, two reprints. So, so for instance, you when you say three, one one of those would be, for instance, the Christmas. That's it. Um, which had three stories in it. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I only had a, a quick time to to do this, so I went with issues rather than stories. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, reprints. I found two um, issues, like two. Um, Comics by themselves. They might have. I don't think they had um, Gaslight or or um, the other one. Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness in them. Um, specials too. We had the annual and the wedding, and Gaslight appeared in four issues. I didn't. Um, I wasn't able to get Heart of Darkness, but if anyone can let us know before the end of the podcast, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's pretty impressive. Like the amount of you, you've said yeah. twenty. Issues that are just um, news stories to Australian readers, whether they're, um, you know, dead. Uh, was it Dead Circle? Um, was that dead was circle, that a story? Full um, Circle. Full. Um, yeah. full dead circle. River. Sorry, Dead, dead River. river. Yeah. Which which may be 30, <laughs> 40 years old, but it's the first time that Australian readers have seen it. Mm. Um, so you know that counts as an as an unread story for us, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so for there to be 20 comics out of 28 that are that are completely unseen for Australian readers, um, that that's a pretty marked turnaround from through, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think it's excellent. It is. So as a as a forkist though, um, is there enough fork stories? Oh, look, I think there is um, at the moment. I think they've done a great job. And, and um, as part of the preparation for this, we we've all we've all been punching. Um, Phantom Wiki pretty hard, I suspect. Um, and one of the things that I noticed in um, the 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 through page of Phantom Wiki is just there there is a, a whole bunch of um, fork stories that have been published. And if I just count them quickly, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 21, I think there's 21 stories um, authored by Lee Fork that have appeared in um, through this year, so they, they've actually been really, really pro- prolific through. And um, mm. I'll just go back to a conversation this morning um, on on Messenger, and I think I counted at the time something like um, twenty five to thirty odd stories that appeared in each of the Egmonts, um, and it was closer to seventy stories. Here we are, exactly, sorry. 25 stories that have been pro, um, published in Egmont, um, Phantom Ed or Phantom N, and, yeah, it was 70 stories that have been published by Fru. So in, in terms of um, reading some Phantom stories, um, Fru is where you want to be at. 
Absolutely. We're, yeah. we're in the right place at the right time at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. sure. Now, just with uh, when you're counting the newspaper stories, don't forget you've got uh, the the four or five stories that um that have been uh, re redone. Yeah, I didn't I didn't include well. those because they're not because well they're redone. They're not actual. Yeah, but I, but I would still class those as part of the Fork universe, if you oh, want yeah, to no, use that terminology. The, the newspapers, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And look, of that, when I, when I say 21, um, seven of those, for instance, were in the wedding special. Um, yeah. And then, as, you, as um, Stephen said, for replica series, which feature three stories each. So, you know, that pretty much yeah. accounts for all of the Fork stories for the year. Um, and... and yeah, to be honest, as I said, um, it feels like we're being looked after as focused, so I think they've got the balance right there. Yeah, it really yeah. does sound the, like the Replica series, you know, love it, hate it, and this isn't a discussion for that, but it does help meet the um, that balancing act, which, you know, which we talked to Glenn about, which is quite hard for them to be able to, you know, meet the the current market's needs, but also to be able to look after the up-and-coming and the younger yep. people and stuff like that. So it's um, it's uh, they're, they're treading a very thin line, and I think they're doing it quite well at the moment. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Because if you look at it, well, if you look at it as through, they've did... I don't think they actually did any, um, from what I can see on the... Um, on their wiki page. Now, the wiki page could be incorrect, but they've got a couple of... They've got four newspaper stories that they've republished, but I don't see any, um, uh, like, any Barry stories or Ray Moore stories or anything like that in there as well. Now, obviously, they've got space issues and there's a different... Egmont's a different beast, in a sense, because, you know, it's... it's oh, do you, you mean Egmont a, have only done the four, four stories? Yeah. So yep. it's not just a, uh, a phantom magazine like Fru is um, but and there's also the different target audience and all that but yeah. you know Fork or Fru sorry uh, is probably is probably towing that line of keeping all two or three parties happier than probably what uh, Egmont is this year or last year anyway that, that that's uh, that's probably a different podcast all of that conversation isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well. oh, but I think it's a good kind of like a wrap up of that of 2017 so, yeah of of those compare and you know and, and I think you have to um, <laughs> yeah but I, but I think you have to um, you have to look at it because Fork Stories is such an integral part of the Phantom mm. um, so you know I, I, I think you kind of I think it's good to kind of compare mm. compare it it is now Part of this uh, review is we get to compare issues against each other. See how I segued that? That's, that wasn't yeah, well bad. done. Yeah, not bad. Well done. Um, uh, 2018 is... Uh, you're sharp. You're sharp for the start of the year. Well done, Steve. <laughs> well, he's only got two days. He's only got two days into it. There's plenty of time for him to uh, slide downhill. <laughs> this is what happens when you get full eight hours sleep at night. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit different. Anyway, we're going to start off with the best through cover. Um, so if you haven't listened to our uh, year in review podcast before, what we usually do, we have we have a number of different topics. Um, in this case, it's the best fruit cover. Um, 
and to mix it up a bit, sometimes I'll say mine first, sometimes Dan will, sometimes Jerm will. Um, so in Can I case, say what? Yeah. I'm not sure why, and whoever's in charge of the run sheet needs to have a good hard look at themselves, because why have we put just about the most difficult topic first? The best fruit cover. <laughs> My goodness, this was a tough one. <laughs> Probably because uh, it's probably going to take the longest, so we might as well do the longest <laughs> ones at the, at the start. Yep. <laughs> and fair to say, I put the run sheet together, so <laughs> uh, I need okay. to have a good look at myself. <laughs> you, you should. You should be doing this in front of a mirror, just like <laughs> the same way the remains used to re- used to uh, rehearse. Anyway, and and Wilson McCoy used to draw phantoms, apparently. Oh, yeah. No, he used to take photos. Wilson McCoy took photos um, of his family members. Oh, I'm thinking of Lee Fork drawing Mandrake yeah, in front of the mirror. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Wilson McCoy used to take, like, photos and stuff like that. Um, in mm. uh, one of the Friends of the Phantom newsletters, which is on the Patreon's website, I believe it is, is actually a, um, a discussion, and including some photos of... Wilson McCoy's family compared to a panel that's been drawn in in the strip of where he staged his family and then he's copied it onto it. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Anyway. And then the other one, if you Don Newton used to take photos of himself and pose as the Phantom and some of the other characters that he used to draw as well because he was a bodybuilder, apparently. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Come for the best of 2017, learn a lot about uh, Phantom Artist history. <laughs> um, anyway, best fruit cover. For my mind, you can't go past Jamie Johnson's triptych. Um, by far um, the best thing that we've, we've seen in a long, long time. Um, I know some people might say that just because it's new doesn't mean it's good. In this case, it's new, it's fantastic. Keep it going. Um, can't wait to see what he's... Um, what he's going to follow up with, and we know that he's um, working on a yard uh, yeah, like the illustration of an actual story, and we get a couple of um, tidbits there on his uh, Facebook or his um, Instagram pages. If you follow those, um, not enough to spoil anything, just enough to just see that he's doing a great job. Um, so if I so I put him just way out in front. Um, but if he wasn't there, if the, if the triptych cover wasn't there, um, I'm going to go with issue 1790, um, The Cold Fire Worshippers by Glenn Lumsden. Um, I look past the, the grey suit and the and the bike shorts, um, <laughs> but I just like the, the bold... Like, I don't have my, my comics with me at the moment, but I like the boldness of the lines. The way it, I just, it really stood out to me. I've, um, I've liked this cover ever since I've seen it. Um, and then when I was comparing it to you know the rest of the um, the issues, I've, I, it still stands out to me. Um, I did have a, a few that were probably honourable mentions. So Phantom's World three, the the, the front only, the back um, not not so much. Uh, That's seven, a filming. Uh, we'll say yes. Um, Seventeen seventy six, full circle one. Um, I thought that that first cover w- uh, was good. The annual, of course, the girl found a manual that was fantastic. Um, and Valudo's issue seventeen eighty five Phantom Cult, I thought that was um, excellent as well. Mm. But um, no, I'm going to go with Cold Fire Worshippers. 
Um, Dan, what what are your thoughts? Well, I I was a bit in a bit of a bind on this one because at Supernova I promised Jamie Johnson that I was going to um, announce that whatever he produced was going to be the best fruit cover of the year because um, uh, <laughs> he, he drew me a little sketch. <laughs> yeah, he drew me a little sketch in my uh, coloring book, uh, my coloring in book, and and uh, as payment I promised to announce that he would be the best. So I had to sort of go into this going, oh, okay, well, Jamie Johnson has to be... And you know what? But that was it was actually super easy to do because, um, as you've said, the triptych cover, um, 1792, 3 and 4, for um, the 20 te- 22nd Phantom series was just outstanding. It, it, um, it, it as, as individual covers, they were great, put together, and, um, you know, the the... Uh, intelligence, I guess, and the planning and the forethought of how each of them are going to stitch next to each other um, so that you can unfold them all and, and lie three comics with a rear and a front cover all next to each other and form one big picture is just sensational. And then, of course, um, a lot of people have gone out and bought the poster of that, and I'm one of those because it's just um, it's an outstanding uh, series of, I guess, six or, or pictures that have been stitched together in a really clever, clever way. And we, we spoke about that with him um, in the podcast that we did with Jamie, and um, it's, it's just a sensational series of covers. Um, so I don't have any, like you, Steve, I don't have any um, qualms in, in putting him as first, and I'm glad that he did that because I was going to have to pick him for something, but, <laughs> um, but, but I can do that with, with uh, no, no qualms at all. Um, I also have a couple of honourable mentions, though. Um, I'd have um, Massimo Gamberi for his Christmas cover of uh, number 1800. Um, and, you know, I've obviously got a vested interest in that. Um, and for the last time, I'll just say, um, oh. you know, it was my <laughs> idea. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I really enjoyed the cover as as a cover, um, and and I really I was so pleased to see that. Um, it's been probably six months since we saw it, but um, I was really pleased to, to hold it in my hands when it arrived. Um, I'm also going to hearken back to the annual, the um, the fan, the girl phantom annual that Canaan White produced. That was a really exceptional cover, um, and and just really liked the way that that was composed and the montage of the way that that all came together. Um, Chris Wahl, uh, at the time, um, for 1783, and I can't remember which um, part of... Uh, it might have been part th- two or part three. Part three. But part three, I think it was, um, of Pirates of the Red Dragon. The cover that Chris Wahl produced for that was sensational, and um, I thought at the time that that was probably the cover of the year, and it was only um, the triptych that came out later that sort of bested that. Um, I, I liked Salvaluto's cult, um, fan, the Phantom Cult cover that you've already mentioned, Steve, 1785, and also Kid Phantom number two. Um, if we're talking Fru's, Kid Phantom's a, a new issue by Fru, and um, I thought that Paul Mason's cover for that was really, really cool. Um, just the the small little Kid Phantom sitting on a massive skull throne, and and um, just the way that that was composed, the empty space and the the, the room to grow for this character um, really stood out to me as well. So I'll, I'll sh- give a shout out to that one as well. Excellent, Jermaine. Well, like don't get me wrong, 
I love the trip, trippy covers, but that's covers. It's plural, and this is the best through cover. Nah, so see, it's only it's one I, whole I, thing. I don't know. I don't know if I can actually include the trippy covers as um as the oh, best through cover. That's, I know it's a that's technicality. Point. Uh, which one of those three, then, would you pick as the best one of uh, 2017? The, the first one, 1792, of uh, the Phantom and uh, Kit and Halloween's running uh, into action. Um, the thing that I liked about this series was it's kind of like the first time we see the, the two twins actually beginning to actually fight together and become uh, a unified... You know, because there's always been that rumbling uh, between them and stuff like that. So, so of those three covers, I prefer one seven nine two. I can't, um, but yeah. So, uh, so of yeah, those so three I, parts I really, of the one cover, you like seventeen ninety two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the other covers that I like, uh, a lot of them, are the ones that have already been mentioned, are the annual. Um, it's just. You know, the girl one, it's just, it shows a strong female character. Um, you know, you, you tend to be a little bit more aware of this when you've got a daughter, um, you know, of influ- strong female influences and stuff like that. Um, you know, so there's, there's that one. Uh, 1783, which is the Chris Wall cover, the purple color, which, um, you talked about just, you know, the way it's all constructed, the colors, um, is just, you know, it's just jaw-dropping, and that's not just because mm. she's half-naked. Um, there's more, you know, there's more than that. Uh, the Wedding Album, I love the 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 passion, the the romantic, you know, the embrace captured in that with the big moon, with the, you know, the, the, the soft colours and stuff. Obviously, the Christmas covers. But the other two that I do quite like as well, would be 1787, which is the pu- the pugilist. The, is that yeah. how you say it? Pugilist. Pugilist. Um, yep. I, that's probably, you know, one of Felmang's better covers in the recent time that I personally like. And the other one is 1788, which is the um, mm. Shane Foley one, um, which is the Barracan Sedation, I think it was. Mm. 1783. It was a new... It was a new <laughs> Was it a newspaper story? It was a newspaper story. Yeah, it was. The, the, yep. Yeah. The Baron, the Baron um, I just, I, I like the whiteness, you know, like the white background with the explosion and stuff like that mm. as well. So they're probably my, um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think everyone is going to agree that the, the triptych cover is probably going to be the top one because it's, you know, it's, it's unique. We haven't seen it for a while. Um, we've never seen it. You know, we mm. normally only get the odd double page one, like the Christmas special. Um, you know, the back and front cover one. So mm. it was, it was, it was something unique which Fru hasn't done before, which I think, you know, I think most people will agree, you know, was a nice new different touch. Yeah, Did, and well, I think it's worth mentioning, like the we're three Australians who are looking at this and that's why we've got best through cover as a, as a category unto itself because that's the Australian comic and that's what we get. And even as, as you just look through the gallery, whether it's on phantomcomic.com um, or the, the phantomwiki.org, um, just the variety that we've been able to get yeah. 
this year is just sensational. And you know, you, you said Germ about the the, the white of um, Shane Foley's, but, but there's just so many different colours. And as a as a, I, I'm really hoping that they put out their um, you know, uh, 2017 cover poster the same as they did 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a free download last year. It's going to look really cool as a um, as a collection. Yeah, no, no mm. one can accuse okay. through of having stale covers. They're all yeah, Ooh. which people used to like. I, like I'd, not last year. Last year there was it was totally different. But the year before, um, you know, apart from last year and this year, every other time we've had, you know, we've done this, you know, review. It's always been the same. There has been one or two covers that have been good, and the rest are, you know, we're grasping it. That's Jules trying to include them mm. um, because. You know, like you said, because they were rubbish. I, yeah, they were rubbish, and there was just um, there wasn't their care. That wasn't their care. There wasn't the um, uh, the money spent on the covers. Mm. Um, where there's and you know there, there's been a lot more care, and I think you know even the artists that were doing covers back then, I think they've improved as well as the the um, what would you call it? The level has increased. Mm. You know, the, the the artists who have been doing it, like, you know, Antonio Lemus is still producing good covers. Jamie McPherson's gone from strength to strength. Mm. Yeah, um, I, think, I think he's done really good. Um, like, yeah, he's improved a lot. Like, yeah, improved, like, if you now, look at... Yeah. Yeah. He's even better. I do. So, I, I think it's interesting that Glenn Ford didn't do any covers this year. If you don't count his uh, contribution to the... Um, to the jam cover for 1785, mm. um, the supernova version, um, he didn't do any covers at all this year. And I know, He's I think, he, is he doing the first one for 2018? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's he's really taken well, that no step back. For him. No, no, well, that's true too. That's true. <laughs> we still like seeing his work though. So, so yeah, Jermaine, yeah, you're telling good. us that Glenn Ford is obsolete. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we'll just I'm put sure. that clear. It was Jermaine who said that, no one else. Yes. There's no <laughs> need for him. That's a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, we have a bit of a joke at Glenn's expense, and I'm sure he'll see the funny side of it as well. Well, I hope he does. Um, <laughs> if he don't, hit me up on Facebook and I'll apologise there, Glenn, and I'll grovel. Um, but no, but, you know... Well, it'll be interesting to see how many different cover artists there are. There's Alex Suviak, Kanan, Felmang, Lou Manor, Jeremy McPherson, uh, Tadoro, Lemos, um, Whale, Johnson, Joan Boyks, or Boyk, uh, Sal Valito, um, I reckon there's going to be somewhere Glenn in Lumsden, Shane Foley, um, Ferry, and um, oh, they did the Christmas cover. The name just escaped me. So, well, yeah, I reckon so there's yeah, not, probably yeah, at least 50. A more organised podcast would have counted this ahead of time, but just flicking through as you've said that, I reckon there's somewhere near 20, and that's just in mm. the regular series. That's not counting Kid Phantom um, or um, Phantom's World. So it's a lot of different artists. So once again, well done, through. Mm. Um, moving on from Fru, we've got the best non-Fru cover. Now, um, I don't get a lot of non-Fru stuff, so um, I don't... My, oh, mine's probably of um, 
I can't really say what I'm trying not to say. Um, you guys are better equipped to um, to talk about this than I am. That's why in I'm other words, you're too lazy to look at Phantom Wiki, so you've only la- done the ones time, that you've got. Time, my friend. Remember, I'm three hours ahead of you. You've got all the time in the world, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, Dan, how, um, you've had a chance to look at Phantom Wiki. I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. to, to, and I was your, heavily uh, dependent there. Yeah, yeah, and I was heavily dependent on Phantom Wiki, I must say, when I went through this because um, I don't. It, it, I, when I first sat down to do this, I looked, well, actually, what have we seen that's not through this year? Um, and there was the lightning strikes, but that never arrived in Australia. There was Hermes, but they only did one um, this year, and uh, so I did end up going to Phantom Wiki because um, as. <laughs> As part of the preparation for this year, I went back and, and listened to last year at double speed, and even at double speed in Chipmunk voice, Jermaine was quite scathing in the fact that we didn't count um, overseas comics particularly well. So I thought, no, I've better go and have a look at uh, what Egmont did. Um, and look, there, there's some really good stuff there. I must say that um, what have I picked here? Four of my I've got a sort of a top four, um, and three of those are um, Henrik Stahlstrom's work. Um, I really, I really do like what he's producing for Egmont over there. Um, my, my favourite, my, my number one pick for non-fru cover um, was uh, Henrik's work for Farewell to Deep Woods, which was published in Phantom End 25 26. Um, I really liked the way that that was composed. Um, you know, there's the Deep Woods there. Heloise and Kit Jr. are both sort of walking away. You can also see where they're walking to, whether it's New York or Tibet, and um, the Phantom. Um, Number 21 is sort of uh, overlooking the whole thing and, and seeing them go. So I thought that was really well composed. I, I really liked mm. the cover. And again, it's that, you know, for me, a, a, a judge of a good cover is would I like that as an A3 or an A2 poster up on my wall? And I would like that. So that, that made it number one for me. I also liked um, the way that Henrik... Um, produced a cover for Frisco Frenzy, and I guess both of the, that that was Phantom End number one or Phantom End number two, um, and both of those I think you can sort of see the story in the cover. The the story is captured in an image, so I liked that. Um, also an honourable mention to um, his work for the Twenty Second Phantom Part Three, which as we know Jamie Johnson independently and unknowingly sort of replicated as well. They both chose that particular panel from the story to to put their own take on. I thought he did that very, very well. And as someone who's not Henrik, uh, Kari Lepinen, um, for the work that he did for Phantom Man number 12 or Phantom Man number 8, um, both the same, in, same image, um, I'm not sure what story that was, to be honest, because um, Phantom Wiki didn't tell me in English what the story title was. Um, but they're both gaslightish. I would say in the in the way that they're produced, it's the um, Mr. Walker garb with the top hat and the the trench coat. But you can see the skull ring, and um, it just is that that sort of 18th uh, 1800s sort of a setting, um, which I enjoyed as well. So um, yeah, that's my non-fru covers of choice. Excellent, Jermaine. So I'll just um, regarding your ones that you're talking about, uh, Henrik with 25. 26. That was actually mm. the one that he was, because um, uh, as as for those who, who have come in late, we interviewed him, oh, what, mm. 15, 20 episodes ago? Um, and we've, you know, we kept in touch 
touch with him and stuff like that. And that is that cover was actually the one that he was probably the most concerned about. That was going to get was going to cop the most flack. Oh, really? From a lot of um, uh, yeah, he just like wasn't sure. Like it, I think from memory it was not what um the editors were picturing. And then he kind of spent like came up with this and it got accepted and stuff like that and. He was concerned, like, the montage of, you know, the deep woods to New York to the Himalayas would, you know, was kind of missed or, you know. And then uh, apparently someone also commented on Julie Walker's uh, attire as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like that one as well. Yeah, I, I'd like to see it in the flesh, like, and, and hold the comic in front of my um, face sort of thing and, and have a good look at it. Um, but from what I can tell online or on the computer there, it, it looks really cool. Mm. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, okay. So there was uh, there was a couple of comics reviews ones that I really, really liked, but they didn't have the Phantom on it, so I couldn't really include those. Um, but comics review, there's, they do do some good uh, covers um, the ones that I liked was uh, Phantom Man 2-3, which was the one that you made mention with Kit and Heloise opposite of each other, which oh, is yep. Empty Throne Part 3. Um, uh, 22 and 23, which was the uh, the Princess Sing story, which was uh, Princess Sing doing... Uh, a dance. Now I don't know if you've noticed, but there's the red smokes that's mm. covering certain parts is actually a dragon. That, um, that's probably the best part of that, and and I was going to get that into my honourable mentions, but um, mm. didn't. you had too many um, of his covers, and so you had to choose something <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that 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 smoky dragon is very very cool. Yeah. Uh, from memory, from what he, uh, Henrik was telling me, he actually spent a lot of time on that Smoky Dragon. Um, yeah. And that was another cover he thought was going to get knocked back for the risqueness as well. So, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> he should I take Felming's bit... attitude and just assume it's going to be fine. They were here, back cover of the Girl Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one that I really liked was the Kizzle Mask number 41. Um, now, okay. uh, Kizil Mask is a Turkish public, uh, publisher that, or, uh, publication, uh, I think Kizil Mask stands for the Red Mask or, um, or something like that from memory. Um, uh, they did 44 or 43 issues spread from, I think it was, I think it was over a couple of... Uh, they finished last year in um, uh, 2017, and they started in 2013. So over four years, they did uh, 44 or 45 issues, uh, and they're in digest sizes, but some of those covers are amazing. Uh, the art art is very well done. Um, so it's always nice having a look at those as well. So that was um, another one. I'm just um, having a, would... a, a scroll through those now. They're, that 41 you've nominated, that that's a, a very awesome image. That's very Cy Barry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's worth everyone kind of having a bit of a squiz on Fan and Wiki. Look for Kizzle Mask 
and go to the uh, the the you know and have a look at some of the covers and you know you would mm. be quite amazed with those covers and the artwork that um that that comes out and they're all uh, newspaper stories as well so um yeah well so. why have you been talking I've actually been doing that with the um with Phantom or what was Phantom or Phantom I can't remember just going through the um the covers there and there are some fantastic covers there I really should give it more time um. But I didn't. You so. can actually get subscriptions. Um, oh, I know. They've actually just um, they've just recently done a I think it was a six issue special for which I think it was for a hundred Swedish um, uh, cronies or, or whatever it was, which works out to be about thirty bucks, and you get a free towel, uh, a free Phantom and towel with it as well. What's so, the postage um, like? Uh, well, I can't remember, but from I normally a whole year you're looking at about a hundred and eighty dollars, including postage to Australia. Well, that's about the same as a free subscription, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously postage, but you know, for, for if you're a completist and stuff like that, they are you know it is quite good. Obviously, you can't actually read it, so you know it, <laughs> it does count does count against it. But you know, it's not too expensive. Or you know what you could always do is you could always you know uh, you know find a contact who can buy them for you or locate them and you can maybe even do a free swap as well like that mm. you know so I'm sure there's ways around it. Some of the covers are indeed great, um, which yeah, and they're always nice to have in your um, in your hands. Mm. Well, very good. Um, for me, I've only got Hermes. Um, to, to go on, that's the only ones that I've, that I've picked up, and they only released the one issue, but there was three different uh, covers, I'm going to go with cover A, are those Hermie issues, um, but I was just thinking, um, I think the King, I know it's Flash Gordon, but Phantom's also a part of it, where the trade paper, I think they did this in the trade paperback, they know they definitely did it on one of the other issues, but I think they used it again in the trade paperback, which was released this, this year, so I'm going to include it. Um, as an honourable mention, at least, where all the characters are bursting out of a newspaper. I thought that was a really good... Yes. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Um, okay, moving on from covers, we've got our Best Writer Award. Jim, who would you like to go for... Who would, who would you like to put forward first? Um, Norman Walker for the Princess Sin saga. Uh, and then also uh, a close uh, Ramuthi for the 22nd Phantom. Um, Walker's probably one of my all-time favourites. He has produced a lot of great classic stories from the from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think it was, um, you know, very prolific. Um, you know, very talented, and, and and stuff like that. So he's always been a favourite of mine. I guess is what you know what you would probably say. Um, he wrote 128 Phantom stories, um, which you know is quite a lot. Uh, passed away in 20, uh, 2005, um, and yeah, if you if you have a look on Phantom Wiki, which I'm doing now, I uh, don't know all these facts at the top of my head. Um, <laughs> you'll see some uh, great That's stories. He did the uh, the Ibis mystery. Uh, the Doomsday Weapon, which was another one of my favourites. Uh, he did this, the Australian story, uh, Wurubu and um, the Black Fire. 
Uh, he did the Golden Rune, which I know is uh, a fairly popular one for a lot of people. Uh, the Slave Slaves Railway, which was another one. Uh, the Jewel in Venice and Battle of Malta. So you know a lot of good quality stories um, uh, that you know are some of my all-time favourite stories ever. So um, yeah. Well, uh, he, he must be a particular favourite of yours if he's been able to win Best Author of 2017 12 years after he died. <laughs> <laughs> Done all right. That's it. Well, who have you chosen there, Dan? Uh, um, who have I chosen? Oh, well, Tony DePaul. Um, I really liked um, The Curse of Old Men, Moz, uh, The Curse yeah. of Old Moz story. Um, through the dailies that that really brought me back to the dailies to be honest um, in terms yeah. of following it on a daily basis um, in the newspapers or online um, that was a really really good idea for a story um, so to see that come through I also quite enjoyed the the Sundays that he's produced this year um, in Might terms of what fun, we're actually seeing know. sorry Apart from the the current one, a lot of the Sunday stories have been kind of like short, sharp, and kind of funnish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and even the current one, um, uh, well, I'm thinking the daily now. Literally today, and I know now yeah, we're into 2018, but the 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 daily in the last two days has now started to. Um, and this is what I liked about Tony DePaul is that he's acutely aware of the arc. And every story ties back to the last one and to something that happened two stories ago and three stories ago. And you just know that whatever it is that's in this story, you're going to need to know three stories from now as well. Um, he's really, really aware of that. And, and I guess that's why I'd nominate him as my um, my author of the year or my writer of the year, just because of the way that he ties all of his stories together. And through the, So through the course of 2017, and we saw that through... Um, the, the three stories that were collected in the Christmas special for Fru, for instance, um, the yeah. way that, um, you know, he's he's just really aware of maintaining that continuity of character. Um, and the only other person that I could compare to that would be Clays from Earthy. And um, I am on the record as having not enjoyed some of Clays from Earthy's work, um, the, the Rodeo Gate story and the whole Sandal Singh thing, um, I can't count because that was 2016, so I'm ignoring <laughs> those. And uh, for that, I'd give place the, I guess, second place because I did genuinely enjoy the 22nd Phantom uh, trilogy, which um, I know was probably mostly written in 2015, but we saw published in through in 2016. Um, yeah, so... Uh, sorry, 2017. Yeah, you're right. Um, that was that was a genuinely good collection of stories with, um, uh, you know... I, as you've already said, Jermaine, um, with regard to covers, but um, the idea of Kit and Heloise working together and the way that that possibility could go, um, that was very exciting. So uh, Tony DePaul first, Ramethi second for me. Mm. Yeah, and I'm... it's worth it's worth. Sorry, just on the topic of Tony DePaul, like he's he, like he did sixty odd um, uh, he did sixty odd stories for Egmont, and then he's up to you know. 70 odd almost 80 odd of the newspaper stories so that's a that's a fairly big chunk of stories that he's done 
Mm. Um, and some of the ones that he's done for Egmont, like, do any of you guys ever remember Aaron? Uh, yes, the kid who's on Ed. No, no, that's, um, no, that's Arch, Archie. So this was, um, it was Aaron, it was a guy who, who, um, who fought with, uh, the 20th Phantom, and it was, it was published back in 1993. It's a really, really uh, moving story. Like, actually, like you see the Phantom die, uh, crying, and really, really moved and um, struggling to hold his emotions after his after he died and stuff like that. Um, it's worth, you know, it's worth if you haven't read it or you can't remember. It's worth digging out because it's a it's a great story. One oh five nine. If you're a free reader, um, it's I would recommend. Uh, digging that one out but um yeah some of the stories that again you know if you look at some of the stories that he's created you know Egmont and newspaper he's done some he's done some great stuff and I think along with um um along with uh Nolan he um he really made you know started the revel you know the renaissance of the newspaper stories mm. well I've I've joined with uh with Dan and I've I've put well once I saw the he had to pull and Murphy there I thought yeah I'm gonna have to do the same thing, um and mainly because they're just so pro- prolific and and um high quality like not every story is going to be a winner like anyone who's read the Phantom yeah. Stamp story that was just in the Christmas issue, yes it read better as a um as a whole comic, but it was still quite poor, um but yeah. <laughs> everything out like I, I I'm enjoying his um this Saviour Z story and the the rat mm. um, in the Sundays that's that's mm. been fantastic, and to work in the in the medium that he is so he's got you know three panels or sometimes he only uses the one to tell this story uh, day by day, and and yeah and as you say things that are happening in this story tie back into a story that's happened before and will tie into stories that are happening in the future, um, and when you say that you got to know things that have been happening, yes but they'll also reference stuff so. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they put a little. You don't have to know. Yeah, they'll, they'll put an explanation panel in there, so for the, for those who came in late. Um, so yeah, the, for just being for the way that they, um, yeah, so many stories and so so much high quality. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with DePaul and Ramurthy as well. Um, yep. next up we've got the best story artist now. Um, I get to go first in this one. So, I was having a bit of... I'll bet this is a surprise. It, it, well, it was a big <laughs> Who surprise. Who could this be? Oh, 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 well, <laughs> if you think back about 12 months, there was there was a issue that started the year off and we're, we're all full of promise and it didn't let us down. I did have a look at a couple of other issues, but then I opened up this issue again and, and, and like I opened up to page 22, anyone who's paying attention, and just the bottom... Um, the the bottom frame on, on page 22 of issue 1773, The Thief, um, with art by Alex Saviuk. It is fantastic. Um, the story is good, but the art, of course, is fantastic. And it's been a great year for <laughs> for um, artists as well, like illustrate like the, the actual story art. Um, um, but yeah, I'm going to say you've got some very talented artists. He at is the moment. fantastic. I've still got to go and and buy. Hopefully, they've still got um 
the was it signature series of that one. I've always been to to go get it, but I always forget. Um, so <laughs> hopefully it's still online and I can and I can buy that one. Um, but I do like the stuff that uh, Weigel and um, who's the Daily Manly are doing and the the art in the Christmas issue. Um, like I have seen it already in colour. Um, in the newspaper, but that was really, um, it really stood out. It really, um, yeah, I, I thought it was the illustration, but also the printing and, and whatever, really worked well um, with the story. And like um, the explosions and stuff were really, I, I felt they were quite dynamic. Um, and I think yeah, that was manly. So um, well done for, for all artists this year. You continue to to set the bar high, but um. Alex is, is still on top. Dan. So where are you? So are you getting? Um, so so Stephen, because uh, you've got some Alex Serviak uh, art as well, don't you? Yeah. That's the, the only, only, the only original, original art I have is Alex. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a great guy as well. We should uh, we should get him on the on the on the podcast sometime. Do you reckon you'd be able to attend that one, Steve? I reckon I'll uh, move mountains to get that one. <laughs> anyway, Dan, who are, who are your um, your awardees for um, best story artist? All right, well, I'm going to I'm going to go for artists that um, you know in, when we did our best of 2016, we probably hadn't heard of um, that that we didn't know, which has surprised me a little bit because um, they've just popped up out of nowhere. Um, Number one, my my absolute best artist for the year. I'm going to have to settle on Jeff Weigel. I really enjoyed the way that he has come into the Sunday stories. Um, I know he hasn't appeared in comic book form. I don't think um, I don't think Egmont has uh, published The Phantom Is Everywhere yet, um, which was the story that he sort of took over from Terry Beatty. Um, certainly, the the rat must die, which is the ongoing story currently, still hasn't been produced. So we haven't actually seen his work in comic book form, and I'm really looking forward to that. But I've just so enjoyed seeing the Sundays that Jeff has produced. Um, so it, there's a the, there's a realism um, that, to his work that um, I, ju- I just am really really enjoying. Um, so Jeff Weigel is my number one, and um, I'm also going to give a, a special shout out to Jason Paolo, uh, Paulos, sorry, Jason Paulos, uh, for his work on um, Phantom by Gaslight. I think that um, his his art is really really appealing, and I, uh, if I remember rightly, last time we did a comics and news, we had a look at Phantom by Gaslight, and we talked about the way that he uses panels um, yep. and some really tight panels at times, but also some. Uh, you know, there's pages where there's no actual panels, but you can still read the story because there's six separate frames. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm really liking Jason's artwork there. Um, I probably enjoy it better in colour, I suspect. And, and again, as we've mentioned a thousand times, um, when that comes out as a trade paperback, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm also going to give a, a little shout out to Paul Mason as well because I think that the 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 style that he's bringing to Kid Phantom. Um, and the way that um, that he's interpreting, and then the way that his particular you know slant on drawing and and, and his um, style, I guess, to come back to that word, um, is really appealing to kids. I see that really appealing to my kid, and um, 
it, it looks good. You know, I've got a couple of these A3 prints that um, you put up on the wall, and as a variety, it looks it looks really cool um, amongst the others. So that, those would be my three: Weigel, Paulos, and Mason. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as you were talking, I realised oh, I didn't mention Mason. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said about him. <laughs> so it was quite remiss of um, me not to mention him. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We've got such a wide range of different artists, but high quality artists mm. as well. Um, I, you know, like it's you know it's quite easy to be able to come up with you know the same old ones like you know Cybari or whatever. But especially this year when you've looked at who we've got with with who Fru's brought in, um, yeah, Egmont's got a nice range and all that. We're seeing such a huge range of different artists. Just, Doing the Phantom, it's it's you know it, it's a it's a great time to be able to, to have a look at it. Like the ones that I like is um, uh, Jamie uh, Val or Valley or, or Val uh, who did Dead River. Uh, Ru- Ruus, um, I'm picked all the ones with the hard names, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can butcher them. Uh, Ruiz, who did the 22nd Phantom, uh, and then also uh, Bess, who's another older older style one as well. But then you've got, you know, you've got Jason Paulus, which I like looking at his work and, and looking for all the little, uh, like, Easter eggs in his highly detailed art. Uh, you're looking at Jamie, Jamie Val's work, who's who's got, Big frames um, and big action sequence and stuff like that. Um, best best nailed that Princess Sin saga, um, and you know. And then I'm, I've been enjoying some. I've uh, been enjoying Ruo's uh, work in the couple that he's done as well. So, um, and then yeah, you've got people like Alex Savet, who I've always loved. I've always liked his work as well. I've got I got a couple of uh, pieces of his original art. Um, and you know, just the, the, the cleanness, the, um, uh, the, the detail in the background and stuff like that as well. It's, um, yeah. With, and then Jeff, Jeff Weigel, he's absolutely nailed the current story, uh, the, mm. the rat. Uh, and he's even said so himself that he feels like he's, can't remember the exact words. I think I, I think I showed you guys the word or terminology that he used, but he feels even himself that you know he's hit, finally hit his straps or something was the words that he used um, with this story. Just like with the with the shading, the colour, uh, the mood and stuff like that. It's been um, mm. it's been it's been a very good very good year. Having a look at some of the older guys stuff like the Val and the Besses and stuff like that, but then also having a look at some of the modern. But also the other different styles as well, and um, you know, you ask a, a a kid, you know, they they'll probably like the Paul Mason style, you know, better and stuff. And I think that's the good thing is that there's different style that, with what we talked about earlier, that is going to be able to appeal to a wide range of Phantom fans. And I think, um, you know, through but also Egmont have, uh, and also King Features have have done a, a great choice. In their artist um, selection. Yeah, absolutely. And I, as um, I was looking at the the Phantom and stuff before when you were talking about it, I realised that um, Savilk has done a, a few covers over there, so it'd be nice to see him do a few more covers over here, as well as um, <laughs> as well as being the story artist. Um, 
Best through issue, damn. Uh, the best through issue of 2017, and I think I already said this on the podcast where we reviewed it, I think may be the best through issue just about of all time. Um, and I know that's a big statement, but mm. I loved it. Um, and that is 1798, the wedding anniversary special. Um, as a complete package, uh, and I know, Germ, you, you nominated the cover as one of your favourites. I really liked it. I didn't get into my um, honourable mentions for the year, and perhaps it could have or should have, but um, it, it, fantastic cover, fantastic compilation of stories, um, the way that it was told, the, the, the story of the Phantom of Diana's relationship was told chronologically. Um, off the top of my head now, I think we had seven or eight um, stories, and they're all classic artists, um, your, your McCoys and your Barrys, um, all the fork stories. I just loved that issue. Um, in terms of a, a comic book issue, um, if I could only read one Phantom comic issue ever again, it would probably be that one. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree. There. Back, mm. back in the early 80s, Fru did a three issue of the engagement wedding and honeymoon um i can't even remember the um uh the issue number of that and that was always one of my more favorite you know issues as well and i had to stop reading it because it was you know hard to buy hard to find and i read it so much that you know that yeah i was wrecking it exactly um but it was you know it was great but this beats that out of the park because it adds more you know it adds so much more it was like you said it was a um it was a complete package um of a story so it was yeah it was totally agree probably 848a is the one that you're thinking of there i suspect germ it had the drug busters the phantoms engagement the wedding of the phantom and the heirs um, with the three, yeah, the four stories. Probably, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. 1986. So, um, 1986, oh, sorry, mid-80s. Mid mm. Oh, well. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, I agree with you both that the wedding issue was um, absolutely fantastic, but I'm, I'm going to put up the trade paperback. Um, once again, mm. it's great to see through um, venturing into new waters, and mm. for just about all the same reasons that you said for the wedding issue, um, and I haven't actually finished reading this, uh, uh, the, the trade paperback, but yeah, it's a great um, lead into the like, yeah, lead into the the fan, great introduction, I should say, in, into the character mm. um, and what he's all about. So, um, I'm, yeah, putting out the trade paperback, and I hope it does well, that, and we see mm. more in the near future. Um, and the, yep. and just the the general quality of um, production with oh, that book with the the, the stiffer oh, wow. cover and certainly the the colour and the quality of the pages in particular it, it it's it, it is a beautiful book there's no yeah. doubt about that and that's yeah. something we should be Definitely. saying for just about every uh, for issue this past year the the, the quality of the, the of the whole package the whole publication has been um, top notch. Um, and like I said before, with the with the Christmas issue, the colours were really dynamic. Or well, it seemed that they were really dynamic to me. They, they really were bursting out of the screen, uh, or out of the page rather, uh, more so than what I remember when I read it in the newspaper. It just had that mm. you know that clearness to it in Christmas, and it was just fantastic. Um, Fru is doing a fantastic job. What about non-Fru? The best non-Fru issue, Jermaine? 
Um, I have to go with the Irish one and the Egmont wedding. Now, in my opinion, the Egmont wedding uh, collection, from what I've seen, wasn't as good as the free one. But I did like what um, Sweden and Finland did with the with the two covers with the little cutout bit. Um, I thought that was, you know, with like the love heart with on and on the inside. Once you take that out, you know, there's the there's them kissing and stuff like that. Um, it's a very iconic uh, Egmont cover, um, you know, and it's nice. Um, uh, and then also just with what the with the Irish uh, lightning strikes with the Scarlet Sapphire, it was it was a good story. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I, I hope and I you know I hope we will all get to see it one day because uh, we've been talking about it, but a lot of people haven't read it yet. Um, so yeah, so I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say anything much because I don't have much on the non-fruit, but, um, Dan? I did read the Scarlet Sapphire, uh, so I thought that was pretty good, but that's all I've really got to compare. Yeah, for me, you know, I haven't, um, I don't read Swedish or Finnish or Norwegian, um, so I don't bother getting, um, copies of, um, any of the Egmonts, and, and apart from the covers, um, you know, I'd much rather see them uh, in English, where I can read them. So I haven't um, haven't got any of those. Uh, you know, maybe the wedding issue you I can't pick up. Just... Either, right? <laughs> no, well, postage and, and getting it and all the rest of it. You can only you can only get so many things. I tend to focus on Australian or English uh, language stuff anyway. Um, so for me, it really you know it, it was a bit of a thin on the ground sort of a like you I guess Steve um, not many choices um, and it came down to whether it was um, the the issue one from Hermes um, the President Kennedy's mission number one or the Scarlet Sapphire now I did get President Kennedy's mission and, and hold that in my hands and read it in uh, hard form um, but I think I probably preferred the Scarlet Sapphire even though we've only seen that uh, as a PDF so far, and um, as Jermaine said, hopefully that gets to Australia soon, so everyone else can read it, because that was a good, a good story. Um, so mm. as my best non-fru issue of the year, I would go the Scarlet Sapphire, um, and I just hope that uh, we can all see it, um, you know, physically very soon. Yeah, now with with Herms, like looks, with contents, I feel we've been skirting around the issue a little bit. Do like, how disappointing is it having another comic series not coming out regularly? Very. You know, like they they let's 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 call a spade a spade. They screwed up with the uh, the one that Salvaludo did for you know whatever reason, and you know there's lots of rumours and stuff like that of why it was delayed. You can read it and listen to whatever you think, and then you've got. Another one which they originally delayed by, what was it, by six months or something, and we're all thinking, okay, sweet. They've delayed it because that way they can actually release them next to each other. And then, you know, we get told, oh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, number two is going to be towards the end of the year, and then we still haven't got that. Um, You know, for a lot of people, you know, whether they're lazy or not, we've had this discussion off on the podcast whether, you know, you can get it through their local comic book store or whether most people don't worry about it or whether the fact they get it through Fans Vault, it's not in Fans Vault either. It's, 
you know, it is, especially because, you know, these are English stories that we can actually read. It's, you know, it is a little bit disappointing, I feel. And I, I think that, you know, we've, people bag Moonstone, but Moonstone never had delays like this. Even Dynamite have never had delays like this. Um, now, Dynamite's a different kettle. They're a lot bigger, but Moonstone's, you know, is a smaller company as well. Um, yeah, I just, I just feel, unfortunately, Herms have um, seemed to be dropping the ball a little bit. But I, I thought about this, I don't know, the other day, I'll say. Um, yeah, through, you know, they're the, they're the little comic company that could, you know, that they've got their focus and it's the Phantom. And now they've got these other ones that are kind of like on the outskirts, which are doing really well. But they get the issue out on time every week or mm. fortnight or whatever it is. Mm. Come on, Hermes. You've got, was it six parts or six issues to, to put out? We've waited long enough. Surely when the number two comes out, number three, four, five, and six are going to come out a month after, you know, that should be coming out regularly. Yeah. Um, Phantom fans are a patient bunch, but um, we can get quite annoyed if, you know, if you screw us around. And, and um, I did mention this in regards to the Avon novels. Um, you know, there was, there's a slight hint that, you know, they might drop, drop that. And um, I think that's poor form. You know, you should be doing your utmost to get these things into to comic shops, into bookshops. Putting, if you believe that this this product is a quality product, get it out there. Let well, there's one thing, getting it out there, but letting people know that it's out there so they know that to go out and buy the the wretched thing. If people don't know it's there, they're not going to buy it. If it's not on a shelf, yeah. people aren't going to buy it. Um, yes, I know you've got internet and, and people, you know, got their RSS thing, so everything. Uh, uh, whenever a phantom thing pops up. It, you know, your computer does all the bells and whistles. But, you know, you still got to, a lot of people, like myself included, and I'll say that I'm not quite mm. old and grumpy and whatever, I, st- I still like the physical, the physicality of going to a shop, seeing a phantom thing that I haven't seen before, that think, wackadoo, I'm going to pick that up. Get it out of the mm-hmm. shop, do some advertising for it, some sort of, you know, point of sale thing, let people know it's there. Mm. Yeah. And do it regularly, not bloody, you know, six months between parts yeah. of a bloody comic book. That's not on. Well, even the dailies and Sundays, like, there was only one Sunday, you know. I've, you know, there's only been, what, four? Maybe, I think there's been four of the Sundays, and they've been doing it for, you know, four or five years. Uh, the newspapers, one seemed to be getting further and further apart. There was only two last year. Um, the Avon novels, they said they were going to be, what was it, every second month or something Every like two that. months, they said, yeah. Every two months. Um, there's only, you know, there's been four out of, in a year's time. Um, you know, we were just been talking to another fan and fan who's found a whole bunch of, um, uh, spelling and grammar mistakes and stuff like that as well, which, you know, it, <laughs> and then really there's the ones that, yeah, the ones that they said they were eliminated, which obviously they're not. And then there was the ones that we found in the JFK issue one as well. Um, yeah, they're, and I understand they're a small, you know, small publishing company and, you know, and we'll probably never get any favours from them again. Um, but, you know, they, I personally think they have dropped the ball a little bit in 2017. I, I, I don't mind that they've um, 
not doing the Avon novels every second month. It actually gives you a chance to yeah. to save up and read them. And but they should have been clear with that from the start. You know, make it a quarterly yeah. um, publication or something like that. Um, yeah. We, you know, don't mind you know waiting you know in between issues. Just be upfront about. It. Just communicate it. However you can communicate it. You know, a lot of people, if it should be on social media. Everything's on social media now. So just say. Well, yeah. yeah. But, um, the problem, the problem is when you're um, doing delays like this, and this happened with um, with the first issue. Uh, Diamond, who, for those who don't know, is basically the main distributor. If you don't distribute through Diamond, it's next to impossible to get your stuff to a comic book stores. If you keep having delays, they actually just don't list or don't include your comic. And from what I've been told, now I can't confirm it because. You know, I haven't been able to speak to anyone or anything like that. But from what I've been told is that uh, Diamond actually stopped, um, like, doing in their previews and, and listing the last couple of parts of the first issue. And I'm sure it's probably been the same case for um, for JFK as well. And, you know, that that's, that's your lifeblood. Mm. You know, if people mm. can't pre-order it, comic book stores are just not going to get it in because fans aren't aware of it and because you know what happens with most people is they go to a comic book store and say oh can you get this for me get this for me get this for me and they order it but if you can't get it through diamond how are they going to get it how is the fan going to get it it's not you know it's not on phantom's vault which is kind of like the backup plan for a lot of australian fans um, mm. You know, like there's a lot of a lot of people don't have JFK Part One. I myself don't have JFK Part One. Don't you? My comic book store. No, I've got three, my comic three book copies store. Of it. I'll send you one. Yeah, me my too. Comic, my comic book store, uh, you know, will not do it uh, because you know of the stuff ups with Diamond, with Diamond, and it's not on Phantom's fault yet, so I can't. I haven't been able to pick it up. Oh, poor mm. bugger. And, you know, I'm sure, and there's other fans out there that are in the exact same boat as me. If, you know, you're not going to pay 20 bucks to get it shipped here, you know, the next option is to go to another comic book store, and not every comic book store carries it because of the issues that they've had. Hmm. And I certainly it's hope certainly there's telling... nothing wrong in the, with the company. I certainly hope there's nothing, you know, behind the scenes going, going wrong. I hope it's just some hmm. sort of delay that's happened, and... The thing is, when they get it out, I really like the the stuff that they're putting out. I really like the yeah. novels. Yeah. I really like the comics. I don't really like these delays. Please, mm. you know, get rid of that bit, and then everything will be peachy. Mm. Please, Hermes. It's certainly yeah. telling that um, the original Avon novels, there was 15 of them. They took three years to get all 15 out from 1972 <laughs> to 1975. Um, you know... Uh, at this rate, the, the way that they're going, you know, they may achieve getting the reprints out in in those three years, but it's not looking promising. So, mm. all right, let's move on, eh? Yes. Anyways, um, so, a bit of a tangent, didn't it? <laughs> this is supposed to be the best of, it's not the worst of. Yeah, I, well, I usually get a little bit. Oh, Jam, why are you going on about that tangent? But I I got into that one, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a review, year in review, so it is, reviews. Herbs. Um, Herbs. Come on. Um, So we're going for the best story now for 2017. 
Um, and looking at the, the list here, I've gone out on a limb with mine compared to what you guys have put. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, there's a reason why... I've, I think I think you've made a valid point, though. Yeah. Mm. So I can't remember the issue number. I haven't written it down here. But um, the story was Mystery of the Ivy Crown. Um, it is very dark and not your usual Phantom story, though I can't remember all the ins and outs. Um I think this story affected the reader more than any other. And we, when we spoke about this, we found it difficult to speak about it um, mm, just yep. because of the subject matter and a lot of the things. So, um, and to me, that's got to be a, a great story to be able to do that. Like, if it's not handled properly, mm. you, you know, it's just, you know, paper for the birdcage or something. But this was done really, I think really from well. memory, Dudley had... Uh, had similar comments in his message from the fa- uh, publisher as well. Yeah. Didn't he say something about not using the same author again or something? No, I don't think it was quite that strong. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I remember he, I think he was, again, like, you know, not, yeah, I, I can't remember, but I know he wrote about mm. the story theme, and, you know, not usual fandom and stuff like that. So I, I think you make a very good point, Steve. Mm. Uh don't always agree with things with you, especially when it comes to football clubs and stuff like that, but um, totally 100% uh, agree with you on this one. Uh, mm. I think you've made a very good point. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you too. It was 1784 for, for what it's worth, um, and it was... Um, I'm, and, yeah, we all butcher names. Uh, Jean Boisch, um, who... Or, um, Illustrated that one, who is a bit renowned for... Sorry? Illustrated? Sure illustrated? Sure he wasn't the writer? I thought it was... Oh, no, no, yeah, no. John, yeah, John, John, yeah. Olaf uh, Siverbo. There's no way that's correct, but that is the phonetic <laughs> pronunciation of his name is Olaf Siverbo, <laughs> is the is the author. As, uh, Joan or Joan Boish um, is the artist, and, and he's probably a bit renowned for being a little bit uh, not not quite Felmang, but he's certainly a bit more risque than some of the other artists in in terms of what he's prepared to draw, and and certainly his um his darkness, I suppose, in yeah. the way that he draws. He was a good artist for the story, and I agree with you, Steve. That um is not one that popped out to to me as the best story of the year, but in, certainly in terms of one that um I'll probably never forget reading. Um mm. and 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 if nothing else, that makes it um. You know, a very worthy candidate, as you've pointed out. So, well done. Yeah. Cheers. Um, mm. But So, what did you think was the best story of the year then, Dan? Uh, well, I've already mentioned it when I, when I spoke about um, my best author, I suppose, Tony DePaul, and that would be The Curse of Old Man Moz um, story. I, again, I suppose, the, I guess it was the, the threat of... Um, the death of the 21st Phantom um, and the way that uh, I'll be really interested to see this in a comic book form and see whether it stands up as as my recollection of reading it daily um, does. Um, I do recall being a bit disappointed with, uh, I guess, the anticlimactic, in a sense, ending of it. I'm not sure what I wanted out of the ending of it. Um, I'll be interested to see if the way that it finished... Um, works well in a, as I say, in a, in a continuous comic book form. Um, but in terms of, as you know, as I mentioned already, bringing me back to the dailies, and and since then, um, I've continued reading the dailies on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well done. Um, 
So, so if if only for that, um, for me, it's the uh, the story of the year. Excellent. He definitely brought attention back, or attention realigned back to the dailies and stuff mm. like that. And even on Facebook, there was a lot of people that were following it almost or on a daily basis as well mm. with the discussions and stuff. And and um, yeah, and you you get some people that like some comics and some publishers they'll do like the shock value, but there was more to it than that. Like it wasn't just a you know like oh the death of Batman and you know we all, all we all know he's going to rise again like with Superman in the you know current story, current movie and stuff like that. There was that distinct possibility that mm. we could have seen the death of the twenty first Phantom. Mm. So did you put that for best story as well, Jim? Um, it was definitely one of them. Um. <laughs> Probably that, along with the Empty Throne, 22nd Phantom, and the Princess Sin saga. Um, I just loved the fact that, you know, what I liked about all three stories is that we saw the vulnerability of the Phantom. Um, and, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, we don't see that enough with the Phantom. Um, and, you know, I like to see the Phantom not being able to win occasionally or, you know, being in a vulnerable situation, whether it's, um, you know, battling a, a femme fatale or, or, or whatever, but it's, it's nice to see the Phantom, who is human, and that's one of the things that I love about the Phantom is that he is human, not being able to, you know, be like Superman and just absolutely just fight his way out of every situation because, you know, there's only this made-up green substance that can actually beat him. So, um, you know, yeah, that's one of the things I like about the fandom and in these stories we saw, you know, that having to happen. And like in The Curse of Old Man Moz, it required Diana talking to a bander to be able to save him. You know, someone who is even less vulnerable than the Phantom, had was able to help the Phantom to save the Phantom. So, you know, things like mm. that but was was some of the things that I liked about those three stories in particular. Mm. Very good. Um, now, some fun stuff. Merchandise. So, new merchandise in 2017, and there's been a fair bit. Um, and we're just, we're, we've got official and unofficial. I, th- I think that's where we're... we're I think yep. we're going to put it all in one, but I'm going to list the official stuff first, then unofficial. And um, we've probably forgotten some stuff, but... Oh, almost certainly. Someone will tell yeah. us. I'm sure they will. That's it. Um, official, we've got the Melon Calendar. Welcome back, Calendar. I've actually got two of those now. Thank you, my KK at Christmas. Um, so I get to keep one unopened and one open. That's good. So we've got the Melon Calendar, the Melon Diary, uh, the Kid Phantom Mania Mag. That's a bit rich putting that one in, but okay. Um, the fanfare bust which is a brilliant looking thing if you haven't seen it check it out on facebook or is it on website as well i'm assuming it would be um the fanfare barbecue apron and mitt um something i still don't have i should really pick that up um the fru sketch covers the fru folio 3 gaslight and the fru file cards the fruit bookmark. That, that surprised me actually when we went back. The, the, the fruit file cards only started in January of 2017. They did. They've become something of a staple, but all, but um, yeah, they only started in 2017. 
Yeah. Are those still special to you? Do you still find them special? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. What about you? And Steve? I think I'm only getting them now, don't you? I do get them now, and I and I like them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think I'm going to like them even more. I, I, I got a, you know, I enjoyed the file cards early when I was getting the, you know, the, the covers I didn't have. Um, as they got into the 200s and there was the odd one or two comics that I've got, I liked them again. And I think I'm going to get an extra buzz when they get into the five to 600s when there's suddenly comics that I've got a few of. Um, and then I'll get, probably get another buzz again once they get into the eight and 900s where they're the comics I first started reading. So I, I think they're on a winner there with the file cards. Yeah, and they're kind of like, like um, a pictorial checklist of, of the comics, mm. which mm. I really like. Hey guys, I just gotta go for a sec. <laughs> Intermission. <laughs> we apologise for this interruption, but we work on the technical difficulties and we'll be right back with you shortly. Your listening ship is important to us. Please hold, and we'll get back to you shortly. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know what else is there. You you can take advantage of this short break to go and check out ChronicleChamber.com for all your phantom reading needs. Search Chronicle Chamber on YouTube for all the latest video reviews and um, video game walkthroughs. What else do we put on? And welcome back to Expand the Phantom Podcast. We're going through the official merchandise uh, from 2017. Um, we've just spoken about the file cards, so there's also the fruit bookmarks. Um, which I've seen online, and I'd really like like a uh, set of those. They look really good. Um, the Phantom Rings book. Um, it's good to see that a, a fan is getting themselves um, published and also officially published, so well done. Uh, that was Gary, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Yes. Gary Horn, yep. Gary Horn. Um, the Norway McCoy exhibition, posters and uh, postcards. And unofficial, we have the Guy Poisson. 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 Postcards and greeting cards, pirate gold rings from the Coffs Harbour Art Show, shirts, Chaz, what's that? C H A. Coffs Harbour Art Show. Coffs Harbour, of course, and postcards <laughs> from Coffs Harbour from Chaz right, as well. It took me a while to figure that one out as well. <laughs> no, those shirts were good. I've seen, um, you know, even Sammy J's wearing one. Um, is there anything else that we've forgotten? Oh, the probably the Sammy J poster. And the Sammy show bag. Day poster. Oh, and the poster and the and the show bag, yeah, the little comic that came with it. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, the other three posters uh, that was released at um, Supernova. You had the Kid Phantom one. Oh, of course. Everything the, from the dinner. Uh, Gaslight one. Uh, yeah, you had the stuff from the dinner. Um, was there um, was there anything from Icon? I don't think there was. Was there? <laughs> there was a survey, no, a competition. No, not this year. They they threatened the Phantom with Devil poster, but uh, sorry, sculpture, but that uh, hasn't come through. Yeah. And then you've got um, there's nothing from Bradford Exchange. No. no. Um, yeah. 
So out of that, out of that list there, Dan, um, what takes your fancy? Oh, look, if uh, if you look at that list and you said, well, all right, you've got none of it, What if you were allowed to have one, what would you take? And for me, it would be hands down the fanfare yeah. bust. Um, totally agree. It looks spectacular. I'd love one of them. It's entirely outside my budget. Um, I do have room for it in my house. Um, so, Glenn or anyone at Fanfare, if you'd like to uh, send me a copy or, or, or one of those that I could just um, take a photo of next to and, and pose with and, <laughs> and, and really promote for you in case you're worried that you're not going to be able to sell all 50 and you need some promotion, happy to do that. Um, no, I'd love one of those Fanfare busts. I think they look spectacular. Um, from the rest, um, I, I actually am in a lucky position where I think I have been able to pick up just about all of the rest, um, and all of the ones that I have been able to pick up, um, I really like the Phantom Art Show stuff that I was able to get at Coffs Harbour. I really liked the way that the Bunker Cartoon Gallery at Coffs Harbour really embraced the Phantom Art Show and produced some gear. Part of that was the fact that the team at Say So Creative were able to start printing their own stuff. So um, as a package, the, the shirts and the postcards and the rings that they produced there were really, really cool. And, and um, so things that I've been able to buy, that would be my number one. But I'll absolutely give a special shout-out to Gary Horn and his Phantom Rings book because um, for a fan to be able to have a focus... Um, as he does around his rings and then produce what's got to be just about the definitive reference book around that you know you've got to you've got to take your take your your cowl off to him and uh, say absolutely well done so um yeah that's that's my take on the the best merchandise from 2017 well done i was just thinking was the comic was the coloring book and the puzzles uh, this past yes. year yes uh, coloring uh, book coloring book would have been yes yep but uh, the puzzles was last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, Jermaine. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the fanfare bust is the obvious one, but I like, I guess, probably you know nine tenths of the Phantom community is probably beyond their price range. Um, so the ones that I liked, I like the bookmarks because, and I made mention of this in the interview with Glenn, is that. It was a cheap stocking filler almost type of thing that people could get, you know, use as practical. Um, and then, you know, there was the other postcards like from, you know, the the Expedition Norway McCoy one, the mm. Art Gallery one, and then there was also Guy's um, ones as well. And they were beautiful. And, and they're, 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 all, they're nice. They're, um, they're affordable. Um, but the one that I, I've kind of fallen in love with was probably the sketch cover. It was just mm. a blank sketch cover. Um, I, I had some Phantom sketch covers previously. Uh, you know, like Moonstone did one and um, Herms did one as well. But I've never really got into it. But then watching, you know, going to the Supernova, seeing artists drawing on it, it's, you know... It's, it's exciting being able to send one off to an artist and then they'll draw on it and, you know, colour it or personalise it and stuff like that. And um, 
you know, it, sometimes it's cheaper than doing, you know, it's cheaper than doing it as like a commission or buying the original artwork as well. And, you know, you get that, 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 that something personal from that artist. Mm. It's, yeah, just something that I've, you know, kind of fallen in love with. And, you know, how I've many, managed... how many different artists have you got now to draw on your um, oh, Probably about 10 or so. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, so I've got I've got a few. Uh, I got a, I got a couple that are like still on their way back or on their way to the artist, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, some of the ones I've got, I've got a Jeff Weigel, uh, I've got a Hakon uh, Ans, who's from Norway. Um, I've got a, a local a local girl from um, from WA who does watercolors. And she did a nice phantom one, which was kind of not, which was nice as well. Um, and then there's been a couple of Australian artists as well that I've, you know, got one, got some from as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to have it. It's, you know, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 you know, it's something nice you can collect. It doesn't cost as much as what original art can. And yeah, it's good fun. Mm. On that, I was in my um, local comic shop the other day, and um, I'd finished, you know, buying what I was buying, and I kind of looked behind um, the the woman, and I saw this little sketch of the Phantom. I thought, where'd that come from? And so I made mention of it, and yeah, it was this. Uh, she did mention his name, but I can't remember it now. He's got a, a comic out called The Down Underin. Um, so there's, I think there's a couple of issues out of that, um, and yeah. He's come in and done workshops, or he's come in and done something there at the at the shop, and um, yeah, he's done the Phantom and Batman and Wolverine and a, and a few other characters. But and she's got all all in you know a, a special. You know, I think it's in a comic bag to tell you the truth, so it's nice and safe. But yeah, she's put the Phantom on front and um, and got up there sitting up there behind the counter, and um, thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, but she actually did. Oh, well, and we forgot cool the uh, the Kid Phantom stickers. Um, they oh, they came yes. out this year. Yeah, the stickers. That's a bit of merch. Kids love that. Yeah, I reckon we all know what's going to be probably the best merch for our 2018 as well, talking about Kid Phantom. I think we do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Steve, anything that you like for uh, 2017? 2017? um, Well, of course, the bus is just fantastic. Um, I like that, like you said before, that everything's... um, A lot of the things are affordable um, for the... For the common fan like myself, um, uh, the only things that I've got, well, I've got the Malin calendar, I've got the um, uh, the colouring in book, I've got the puzzles too, but they were a year before. Um, I nearly picked up that candle that was released a couple of years ago. I saw that in a shop the other day, but someone else beat me to it when I finally had the money. Um, but I really don't... I, I could say the calendar because it hasn't been done for a long time. If it, I, I can't even remember when the it war happened. calendar, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the melon uh, calendar. Um, it's good to see it out there. Of course, we can critique it, saying that we need more phantom dates on it. But it's good, and you know, probably with the art as well, um, it's a bit more there. But it, it was good to to see it coming back in in those. I don't know if you guys have got it in where you guys are. Um, but the local the news agents that are in the shopping centres will have their own um, 
calendar stand in the middle of the concourse or something. Yes. So it's great to see yep, the yep. Phantom in the concourse where um, people can um, buy and or you know get the yeah. uh, get the calendar. Yeah. Back yeah. out in the public eye. Yeah. So um, I thought that that's a, a a good bit of merchandise that helps to publicise the Phantom as well as the Phantom Mania mag. Uh, Phantom in, the Kid Phantom in the Mania mag. Get, um, anything that gets the Phantom out there in the public eye, I think. Um, is fantastic. So, on the back You've of gone that... from doubting that it should have been listed to listing it as your second favourite. I think he's just listing stuff that he's actually got. Yeah, I'm listing <laughs> just stuff I've got because I've, I've seen it. I know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I do have the sketch covers, but I got no sketches on them. So, uh, yeah. I've been I've, I've, actually I really want to get the barbecue apron. Um, I'm after retire my hawk's apron. I need I need a I need one that I can use because I've got one hanging on the collection wall um, I need one that I can wear to the barbecue well, well my local comic shop she she's always wearing the apron so oh, right she does. No, good on her yeah like you know special comic days and stuff and you'll see her she's wandering around the, the shop and she's wearing the apron fantastic hopefully she's not wearing the uh, mitt while counting your change or something like that <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um, anyway after looking at the merchandise what about your best additions to the collection now it doesn't have to be merchandise released this year it could be anything that you've added to the collection when we'll go Jermaine alright so for me uh, would probably probably be the Papua New Guinea comic or the Sirocco they're probably like you know some bigger ticket items that I've been kind of hunting for those who don't know the Sirocco is actually the first phantom uh, figurine um, which was back in the 40s. So it's probably even one of the most earliest actual pieces of memorabilia as well, um, one of you know, the first ones. Um, and some of the other ones that I've got was some of the art, like I've got some cool pieces of art, like uh, I've got some uh, Sparta art, um, you know, some, like, some Italian art, some, uh, you know, like a, free, a couple of free covers and, and, and stuff like that as well, but... Um, Probably, yeah, probably the two would be the Papua New Guinea and the Sirocco. Very good. Um, mm. For me, um, I have to say back issues. Um, big shout-out to um, anyone that's supplied me with back issues, uh, most recently um, Bradley. Um, so I haven't had a chance to read them all yet, mate, but that was a very nice uh, Christmas present this year, so thank you very much. Also, um, Jermaine supplied me with an Egyptian uh comic of the Phantom, which um, for those of you, if I haven't said it much on the podcast, my in-laws came from Egypt, and so I showed it to my father-in-law, and it was like he was 16 again. He, he, his <laughs> face just lit up. Um, so that that really was... He goes, where did you get that? He couldn't believe it. That <laughs> I walked into his house uh, with this in my hand. Um, and yeah, for that moment, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll put that as number one because just to see his face when I when I showed it to him was was fantastic. Your um, favourite son-in-law again, eh? Oh, oh, I'm the only son-in-law, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> short list. Yeah, short list. But um, yeah. Dan. Uh, okay, so when I when we were considering What's this category. Yeah, well, um, it was hard because when I when I had a look and was considering this category, one of the things I've done this year is to start uh, is to to start an Excel spreadsheet of the collection and catalogue the collection. 
Um, and one of the things, one of the, the columns, I suppose, is the date that I acquired it. So to, to do this, I sort of, oh, I'll just sort my collection by date acquired and go through what I picked up in 2017. Um, and I'm not, you know, uh, what are we two hours in? My wife's not going to be listening now. It, it was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit surprising, uh, to see how many things I'd picked up in 2017. Um, and it's very hard not to. It, it's almost impossible not to list um, a couple of Sundays that I picked up from Cy Barry, uh, which was like on the 4th of January. So it's in 2017, and I have to include it, and it has to be the best thing that I've picked up. Um, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that I'm really, really pleased with. Um, June was fantastic just with in terms of what I picked up at Supernova. First time I've gone there, Brew Booth was sensational. Um, also got um, Gary Horn's book and, and a bunch of stuff of Jermaine and um, a whole bunch of stuff like the Just the photo that I took when I got back from Supernova of all the stuff laid out on a table was just in, sensational. Um, I also was able to get uh, Sammy J to sign a, a, a poster of Hero Complex. Really like that. Um, one thing that... Um, I've been chasing for a long time was a replacement for my Phantom Club cap, which got destroyed, and I've told the story of that many, many, many times, but um, picked up a replacement of that, as well as a bunch of other Phantom Club stuff, um, which was just awesome. Um, but one thing that I is really dear to my heart, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not putting this above Cy Barry artwork, but um, when I was a kid, I grew up in the Northern Territory on an Aboriginal settlement, and I remember seeing in a um, in the health clinic there this condom man, or condom man poster, uh, which was obviously based on the Phantom. And um, I've always remembered that and, and sort of idealised that, I suppose. And uh, sort of probably April or May this year, I was able to pick up a condom man poster. So. Um, I'm not putting that up until my son is probably 12 or 13. <laughs> um, but yeah. that's a, a unique sort of a highlight to my collection. I'm really pleased to have picked that up. Something I've, I've, that I forgot was, um, it's probably not official, so I won't say exactly what they were, but I think we all, all three of us received a little gift from um, from Glenn Ford in regards to Kid Phantom. Mm, was yes. that what you alluded to before, Jermaine? Yes, that will be the uh, best. That will probably be the best uh, merchandise for 2018, I reckon. Yeah. So that was a very because nice addition they, to the collection. Yes. It was. That was a, a, a did lovely you, package. Did any of you show your kids then? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get thought, one of them when they come out for real. <laughs> I would have thought um, Steve yours would have been the Fruit Crew badge. No, you just dismissed that scene. Oh, was that last up. year? <laughs> yeah. It seems no, so long ago. Yeah, 2017 it was, yeah. 2017. Yeah, that, that, so that's just absolutely the highlight. So obviously it wasn't that big a deal that it just, you know... <laughs> no, 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 and I get to share it with me. With me. I hope, yeah, he's got it up on his shelf. He still keeps it up there, which is nice. Um, best Chronicle Chamber moment. Um, for myself, I didn't get a chance with many of the special guests, unfortunately. Um, but 
Well, that's because of the, the Chronicle Chamber rules, <laughs> which say that if there's going to be more than three people in the podcast, Stephen's out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to change those rules. Um, and, this, <laughs> and this year we, we can because I'm, I'm... Well, hopefully I don't fill up my, my newly found time up with other stuff, but um, yeah, yes. I won't be studying quite so much. Um, but yeah, I have to say, getting to speak with Wally Lewis was an absolute highlight, and his son as well. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever be interviewing Wally Lewis. Uh, getting to chat with um, with the Lewises is my highlight, um, amongst many, many highlights, but I'm gonna, if I have to choose one, I'm going to say that for the moment. Dan. Sorry, I forgot to put the next bit in there. Damn. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I've I'm I've probably got two. One of them selfish, um, and from a very personal and selfish <laughs> point of view, um, it was I was so completely stoked to have a bit of a fandom club reunion and talk to Olga and Hendo from the fandom club. Um, being able to tee up that podcast and have a conversation with Hindu who I think we had all thought was completely lost to us um, mm. to be able to find him and get him on the podcast and have that conversation was just sensational and since then I've um, actually met up with Olga a couple of times as well personally and and um, had those that face-to-face conversation um, just did um, she sign your um, did she sign your uh, girly mag? Well, no, she refused because it's Inga in the uh, penthouse and, and her name's Olga. So, <laughs> um, no, that, that was just a really a serendipitous moment for me where it sort of all has come full circle a little bit. Um, and I you know, wouldn't be surprised if Olga's listening to this and so a massive uh, shout-out to Olga. I've really enjoyed um, getting to know you a little bit more and hopefully we'll be able to catch up again very, very soon. Um, so that's a, that's on a very, I guess, selfish level. Um, on a more, oh, this is still selfish as well, but um, thinking about my, my boy, um, the moment, and this would not have happened without Chronicle Chamber, and that's why it fits into this, you know, best Chronicle Chamber moment of the year. Um, the moment where I've, I've had Paul Mason sitting at our dining room table sketching a Kid Phantom um, portrait for Gus and just seeing the delight on an eight-year-old's face as he realised that, hang on, someone actually draws this and that person is drawing that right at my table and then him, you know, rushing into his bedroom to show Paul, you know, the, the Kid Phantom poster up on the wall and this sort of thing, that's um, just, that, that, that that's an absolute highlight as well and, um, you know, the dad in me has put that now as number one as I speak about it. So, <laughs> you know... Both, both of those things, um, really, really cool moments of 2017 for me. Excellent. Mm. I think you're right. Like Being a part of the podcast gives you great access, great insight, but it gives you, like, I think the thing that I like about it most is like the people that you're able to connect with um, and, and stuff like, whether it's, you know, like Paul Mason coming to your place, Sammy J Duncan coming to my place, or mm. just being able to interview and talk with creators that you would would have never talked to before, like Tony DePaul, Henrik, uh, you know, and, and being able to share those memories with those people is 
are just amazing. Um, I must admit, the thing that I did enjoy was actually being able to, like, I guess, like, like Dan, like, you know, we actually got to um, meet for the first time at Supernova and hopefully <laughs> this year, Steve. Oh, yes, I was speaking with Ange about that the other day. That's happening. You know, like, things like that where, you know, and you would, you know, you'd be able to echo the the idea of just, like, that whole weekend is such a great idea, being able to spend time with people and, and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and, and and that was cool. I probably should have mentioned that. Um, yeah, being able to, to catch up with you, Germ, and actually meet you in person, um, after we've spoken so many, many times on the podcast, you're absolutely right. That was that was very, very cool. Mm. Very good. What about your overall reflection on 2017, Dan? 2017, I think, um, if I if I remember it for anything, it will be for the rise of Fru as a publishing um, house, I suppose. 2016, I think we saw um, the direction it wanted to go. 2017, I think we're starting to see some real oars in the water and pulling in the same direction. Um, we're seeing, um, you know, they're commissioning their own stories. We're seeing the variety of unpublished works. Uh, Fru's got a bit of a um, reputation as being a company that depends on others, um, whether it's the newspaper strip or whether it's the Egmont stories, um, to publish their own stuff. Um, Fru have just published so much stuff this year that has not been published anywhere else. Um, that's that's fantastic. And then to be bringing out um, new publications, whether it's Giant Size or Phantom's World or Kid Phantom in particular, um, yeah, they're they're really going from strength to strength. And I think you know we we, we we're all football fans and we all know about footballers getting the second year blues. Um, Fru have not got the second year blues. Um, they've just they've just lifted, and they're going to be in Brownlow contention next year, I reckon. Almost finished. Absolutely. Jermaine? Sorry about this, guys. My little daughter is overtired and won't go to sleep. The poor little girl. She's and just poor. desperate to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess what you're saying, I, I totally echo with what you're saying, um, I think 2018 will probably even be better than 2017 for Fru because mm. I think like while we like, we haven't actually seen any of their own commissioned stories yet, apart from like Gaslight, Gaslight. and Kid Phantom, um, you know we're going to see a lot more in 2018, um, and like so I think next year's actually will be better than 2017. I, I and you know I think you're probably going to be saying this next you know this time next year you're going to be saying. You know, or you know, free, free, free. Which, um, so, I, th- I think there's that. Um, the other thing for me is would be the different types of products. Like we've seen the the normal comics and merchandise, but we've seen the different types of products that we don't wouldn't normally see, like the apron. Um, mm. You know, like we've seen like the galleries and the expeditions and stuff like that. Like you know, there's the, obviously the Australian one, then there's the McCoy one, and then there's the original art one, you know, up in Sweden and stuff like that. So I think, like, the comics and the comic obvious related merchandise, like figurines and statues, are always nice, but seeing different stuff that we don't normally see, I think that's 
a true indication of the popularity is increasing. And then I think on on the back of that, we've seen you know we've seen an announcement from Egmont that in 2018 they're actually going to produce more news stories than they have in the last you know last couple of years. So you know I think that's been you know a wave that you know that they're picking up on because of what we're seeing. Mm. Very good. That's probably fair. I think if you know we're all in Australia. I think if we were in Scandinavia, then the um, original Technengar or original artwork or whatever it is um, exhibition would be featuring much more highly in this conversation mm. um, over the last little bit. And we've all um, seen photos like there was people dressed up on it. They had you uh, know they had restaurants um, yeah. doing food. Uh, they had you know they had like a um, uh, a pub doing a, 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 a different, like a, a phantom brew or a beer. Um, you know, they had, like, places, you know, like... Um, and then they had, like, the whole town had artwork and posters of the phantom throughout the whole town. You get, like, this map, and you had to go throughout the whole town and, like, find the posters and the artwork and put, get, like, a sticker to put on it, and then if you get it all, you get, like, a, an award and stuff like that. Like, that's that's just, you know, that's... Oh, if, if that had happened in Australia, we would all be, you know, yeah. <laughs> walking our feet down to stumps just to try and get there, so... Yeah, exactly. And then even if you look at the other, the McCoy one, they actually had, mm. uh, you know, Wilson McCoy's um, grandson to open it. And to, you know, like, um, contribute photos and art and stories and stuff like that, that, you know, would have, that no one had seen before and stuff like that. So, you know, things like that's pretty spectacular as well. Mm. Absolutely. And, um, for my mind, I, I mentioned this, you know, messages going forth, back and forth, uh, this morning, but, um, it's pretty much what you've just been saying. If Fru aren't number one yet, give them a year. They're improving and expanding at a far greater rate than Egmont. Um, and it's great to see Fru and Fanfare producing new non-comic things. So, um, yeah, just echoing everything mm. that you guys have just said there. Yeah. Well, the board game, I for think, instance, that well, we, we spoke yeah. about, you know, yeah. that, that's a that's a leap that Fru are about to take. Um, I think there's so much potential. Absolutely. Mm. Well, the advantage of Free over a company like Egmont, and we've been discussing this all day basically, is that Free, they're a smaller company, so there's less red tape for them to have to go through to do new, new stories or, or new products and stuff like that. Like if Egmont wants to do something, they got to, you know, Team Egmont or, you know, the Phantom Man is one of 20 or 30 titles that Egmont do. And then, you know, they've got to go through all the red tape, all the accounting team, the, the big wigs and stuff like that, where Free doesn't have that. So that's, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and then KFS, which we all know about that. Um, so, mm. you know, so there is that, um, that is the advantage of, I guess, being a smaller company like Free. So, very good. What are you guys and I don't mean you too. I mean our listeners. What listeners? What do you think of our uh, choices? Um, did we get it right? As um, Jermaine 
say everything that you wanted him to say and you know you agree wholeheartedly with him or you're more of a Dan fella you know you you, you like the traditional type of thing um or you just know know your stuff so you've gone with me um <laughs> uh, I didn't know what to say there I, I, I started off with Jim and I was going to really build him up but then I thought no I'm hosting this I want to build myself up here <laughs> uh, anyway I uh, hope you've enjoyed the podcast, and if you've got any uh, comments or queries, um, or you know, you just want to put your opinion across, hit us up. Um, of course, we've got our website on uh, chroniclechamber.com. Um, but yeah, uh, who's, can we put a, a, a Reddit up there for a best of for 2017? Maybe a best of for each section that we've uh, just been covering. Um, and put it up on our Reddit. That might be the a, a good easy thing to do. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's um, www.reddit r e d i t dot com slash r slash phantom fans, or with the p h rather than the f. Um, so hit us up on the, on the Reddit. Of course, there's email chroniclechamber at gmail dot com. Um, social media, which we're all pretty active on. Um, Facebook, we got uh, Chronicle Chamber. The Phantom Fan Page and Chronicle Chamber Group. Oh, sorry, did I say Chronicle Chamber Group? I meant uh, Phantom Collector Group. Um, you've, got a, you've, got a, you've got a run sheet to read it off. I am reading it off. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I realise it's now midnight and I'm hungry because I haven't eaten in seven hours. Um, <laughs> just, just as long as I'm getting words confused, I'm not getting hangry. You don't want to see hangry. That's, that's no good. But... You're in, if you're in your wife's car, surely there's some, uh, some crusty old uh, stale cheesels and, um, From the kids and, and the Cheerios and mm-hmm. other random uh, biscuits and stuff like that <laughs> lying around in the back. You can crawl under the, the car seat or something like that. Uh, no. Anyway, <laughs> what was it up to? Social media, we've got Facebook, Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page, of course, and Chronicle... And I said the same bloody thing again. I tried to do it again so I wouldn't stuff it up. <laughs> Yeah, just keep them both in. <laughs> Social media, Facebook, Chronicle Chamber Phantom Fan Page, and the Phantom Collector Group, all one word. <laughs> I said it right that time. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter at Chronicle Tweets and Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Um, thank you to all those who support us on Patreon, P3, the Phantom Preservation Project. Uh, reward that in the latest editions of the Phantom 2040 Series 2 is now up. Um, so please enjoy that. If you haven't signed up for the uh, Patreon, please do that. Um, it helps us to keep everything running here, as, as you guys all, all know. Um, of course, if you're ever worried that you're ever going to miss a podcast, please subscribe. Subscribe to us on iTunes on or on, is it Podcast Revolution? Um, and you'll never miss um, never miss a beat. And neither do we. We, we try to keep our, uh, our heads cl- or our ears close to the pulse with all things Phantom. Um, if you don't hear it on the podcast, you'll hear it. We'll, we'll post it up on, on the um, Facebook, on the social media, so... Um, yeah. Anything else to say before I, uh, keep digging myself into a hole and just put the <laughs> foot out of my mouth? You're doing a great I've, job I've been doing, doing a great job until the outro. That, I, uh, I thought dear. it was Dan that was digging the hole. Um, 
Uh, just that we've got some great guests lined up for uh, early this year. We've got um, uh, we got uh, Steve's fan favourite, Alex Saviak, uh, Pending, Pete Clowes, and some others and stuff like that. So it'll be good to do some of those interviews. Um, do you think we'll ever so find yeah, that so long no, lost? Looking forward to 2018. Do you think we'll ever find that long lost episode that um, Callum keeps? Oh, what was it? it? Was like. Yeah. 73 or 74, somewhere there. Something like that. It's there somewhere. We, we, like I'm, the... I'm sure we'll find it, Callum. We'll, 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 no, we'll we, we do have plans in place to find that again. <laughs> I've been, um, did a vacuum the other day, was looking behind the couch cushions. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Um, we'll keep looking. <laughs> and uh, at one day or another, we will publish that long, long lost episode. Yes. I'm actually looking forward, I'm really be... looking forward to that. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah it, you might even turn up for it this time. Yeah, I'll be able to, I'll be able to make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I think that's it. We've all enjoyed ourselves. I hope you guys have too. Um, and as always, everybody, one, two, three, happy, happy phantoming, happy phantoming. <laughs> G'day everyone. For those of you who have come in late, you are listening to X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 87, entitled 27... Oh, shh. 27. Yeah, right. 2017. <laughs> hey, guys, i just got to go for a sec. Intermission. <laughs> Oh this is this is why it's important to have a musician on the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, there's nothing too bad. No, it probably just heard a um, a cry from the other room or something. Yeah. It's benefits of a soundproof booth. <laughs> Slash car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we heard a door. We apologise for this interruption, and but we work on the technical difficulties, and we're right back with you shortly. Hey guys, I'm back. Sorry about that. I just had to uh, negotiate with a three-year-old. Good luck. <laughs> You've done well to get back in such a short time, then. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's um, yeah, she's not sleeping, so I had to lay down the law. If she doesn't go to sleep, I'm not buying that trampoline tomorrow. Oh. So, <laughs> Dad has put the foot down. That's it. <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll pick it back. All up. right, sorry about that guy. That's okay. Sorry about that, guys. All good, mate. Um. Hmm. Do you get a discount every time you mention your comic book store, Steve? I haven't even told her that I'm on the podcast, but I probably should. <laughs> Heroes HQ, Mark Ballarat. <laughs> Next to the, uh, what is it? Next to Dan Murphy's? Uh, behind um, Dan Murphy's, yeah. <laughs> they used to be right behind Dan Murphy's, like the same building, but um, 
then they, they're now across the road in a much bigger they're space. They're booze in the comic at the same place, oh, eh? Mate, you've absolutely got to give them a shout-out. Uh, Todd from Kaboom Comics is uh, <laughs> doing a great job for me in Toowoomba to the point where he has actually sold out of the, uh, the Phantom Trade paperback for those who came in late and had to reorder. And I, and I, I haven't spoken to him since, and I'm sure he'll confirm that I'm wrong, but uh, I'm sure that's entirely on the basis of uh, being mentioned on the website and, and our Facebook group. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, here at HQ in Ballarat, they've just opened up a, um, a virtual reality uh, section. So there's three bays there. I think there's three bays. So go along. And when you've got your comics and your VR and you've got your grog, head over to JB Hi-Fi just across the road and get your music. So... Uh... <laughs> I won't have to be building its trampoline tomorrow because someone's not getting it. Ooh. <laughs>